Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Current Events Monday, which means we talk about current events from a biblical perspective. And oh my goodness, we got a lot coming at you today. So if it feels like I am just like zipping through this intro, yes, Gosh, I am trying to do that. Uh, because we have so, so much to talk about that this intro intro cannot take long at all. So uh, <laughs> let me just cut right to the chase. We're talking about Target. We're talking about uh, lots a of target. We're, We're talking about bows and arrows and trying to yeah, that hit target. your target. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, lots of things. You probably all know where that's going. Uh, psych. Jake's in charge. You have no idea where it's going. Then at the end, I want to talk about... <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's good. <laughs> it's true, Thanks. though. It's Thanks true. for that. It's true. <laughs> and then at the end, for my theological wrap-up, I want to talk about being proud in the Lord. And uh, oh, maybe you won't know where that's going either. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if it works. Um, but uh, before we get to all of that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is Job uh, chapter 40, verse 12. This verse says, look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Again, that's Job 40, verse 12. So a short but sweet verse. And yes, verse. Yeah, it is. And yet it's just one verse. So we're actually living up to what we originally named this segment, which is just great when that happens. <laughs> we like to yeah, we don't have to change boundaries. Yeah. We don't have to change the it to a phrase of the week. I know. Yeah, passage of the week. Not not yet yeah. at least. So um so this one will become apparent as we go through this episode. So I'm only I'm only gonna spend like 30 seconds. Okay, maybe a minute. I'm sorry, Jake. On this verse, uh, <laughs> for shame, um, because we're going to talk a lot more about this later. But this is fairly obvious. What's not fairly obvious, maybe if you're unfamiliar with this, is the context. So I'll just follow you on that, in on that briefly, because we are going to be talking about the verse itself throughout the, this episode and the rest of the week as well. So here's a bit of the context. This is at the end of the book of Job. And it's actually, this is God talking to Job from the whirlwind. So this is what he says. Look on everyone who's proud, bring him low, tread down the wicked where they stand. Then he goes on to talk about all the magnificent things of creation. And he goes on to ask Job if he was there when he created it, when he laid the foundations of the earth, when he created Leviathan, when he did these marvelous things. Were you there, Job, when I did that? Um, but this particular passage is really interesting. And the way that we're going to use it, the way that we're going to talk about it today, and the way that it fits into our conversation is that the wicked are proud in so many ways. Um, and the, the, the most uh, despicable act, the most outward act of that is the month we're in now. Unfortunately, they've a lot of people have taken over this month for those those proud um, actions um, to do horrible things, um, which we'll be talking about later in the episode as well. But but that's part of it. And then we see the results of those 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 proud actions, those proud thoughts, those ridiculously haughty and arrogant ideas that they are in charge and they can do whatever they want. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot more about those consequences 
in today's episode. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and with that, I'll pass it over to Jake to talk about our current events. See, I can <laughs> keep it short. And that you was too minutes. I couldn't. I said, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> so I can keep it kind of short. I think short. it was two minutes. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I did not take time because I knew you were going to go over. But, <laughs> uh, but Bruce is right. Bruce is right. Target did a thing. Target did a thing. <laughs> Uh, in preparation for the continued indoctrination of children, since uh, the public schools are out for the summer, uh, Target created get their the... indoctrination on. <laughs> right, right, yep. Target created Pride Month displays that were completely and totally inappropriate and wow. evil, thus entirely on brand for the LGBTQ community. Uh, and I will okay, not go into funny. the. De- yeah. Yep. <laughs> And I will not go into detail about what these displays showed, but they were definitely evil. Of course, Mm. this is not news for our audience, as the LGBTQ religion is no stranger to attacking God's law. Um, The exciting thing is how the conservatives responded. Much like the Bud Light debacle with with, uh, Mulvaney. I don't know the first name. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the Christian conservatives were outraged and for very good reason. So Target, emulating modern even jellyfish, backed down and rolled over. And conservatives and Christians celebrated their victory. Typically, that would be the end of the fight, or at least if we are taking any evidence from the Bud Light controversy. And it doesn't end there. That's strange. Certainly, definitely strange. But instead, targets in Oklahoma, New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, Louisiana, Ohio, Utah, and Pennsylvania received dangerous threats from LGBTQ activists. With the first five of those states... Right, right. They just want to live their lives. They just Mm -hmm. don't want people to... They want the same rights, and they they just don't want people to care what they do in the privacy of their own homes. And this is just, what? <laughs> yeah, well, and with the first five of those being Oklahoma, New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, Louisiana, they received bomb threats saying, and, and some of the exact emails were saying that we're they, these activists sent emails to Target saying, "We have placed bombs in your buildings, if you, and we will blow wow. them up if you do not, if you do not put up your displays." So, Jake, back up. Sorry, do you know what Steve Dace calls these rainbow people? Oh, the Rainbow Jihad. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. living up to their name now. If I do, uh, if I would oh say. yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. They always have. We just haven't they noticed have, it, but now very overtly. Yeah, right. In one of these threats, however, and, and this leads me into a conversation on neutrality. In one of these threats, in one of the threats, the LGBTQ activists said that there is no neutrality. You either stand with the LGBTQ community or you're against it. Mm. Now, there is a person who understands the fight. <laughs> there is someone who understands that a war is going on and yeah. you cannot be in the middle. Yep. Now, that was not an exact, that was a paraphrase, by the way. So before Bruce puts up there in bold letters as a quote, it wasn't a quote. That was a paraphrase. 
Um, You're anticipating my thumbnail creations. I do. I, I am. Yes. Um, the enemy knows a war is going on. And that lines in the sand are being drawn. Or at least have been drawn for since the dawn of time. The church, however, does not see this or doesn't want to see this. Mm. However, this differs from the point I want to cover in this episode. No, no, talking about the myth of neutrality is not my theological warm-up. The point I do want to cover, however, is having a fighting spirit. This might seem like I am talking about a post-mill attitude. Um, and really, I could definitely see how you think that. But I'm not talking about being optimistic. I'm not have, th- talking about having a spirit that is optimistic. No. I'm talking about something different. And I hopefully this, this verse that I'm about to show you will give you some clarity. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Proverbs twenty nine eleven. Um. Now let me clearly say, and and actually, hold on. Before I do that, what I am talking about here, and why I bring up this verse, is because in this verse, Proverbs twenty nine eleven. It is talking about spirit. We see that word there, spirit. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Uh, The reason for my title being having a fighting spirit is because of that word, spirit. And what am I saying here? Having a fighting spirit. Having a fighting emotion. Having a fighting feeling or spirit. I feel like spirit is a better word to use there than emotion or feeling. So that's why I chose it. (laughs) But it's also because of the verses that I want to bring up. And today we are talking about using our emotions in a godlike manner. Mm. Now, before our, our comment section starts arguing with me saying, saying that I literally just brought up a verse saying that we shouldn't give full vent to our spirit. We shouldn't give full vent to our emotions. We can't use them. They're crazy. Hold on. (laughs) Give give me a second. Uh, Before you go crazily writing in the, using your keyboard as a drum kit or something. Uh, But before you do that, let me just, let me finish the episode and explain. So to be clear, they should they still should do that. But first, they should hear what you have to say. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Yeah. I want to make sure that they knew that that was right. still on right. the table. Right. As yeah. A- oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> comment in our comment section. Just don't do it in the middle of the episode while we make, make these types of points. Because a lot of the time, actually, especially me, I don't know if I can speak for Bruce, but a lot of the time I will say some quite controversial things but then kind of explain them later. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what, that's what Bruce keeps telling me on the pre-show. <laughs> uh, but It's gone both ways, so... Right, right. <laughs> but I, I say some quite crazy things. Uh, but I do... I feel... I think I do, at least. And, and if I don't do this, please let me know. That's something you can put in the comment section. But... I do back it up with a point 
or with verses. So, before you go out saying it literally just showed a verse, Proverbs 29.11 is talking about how we can't use our emotions. We can't give full vent to them. And that is true. That is true. Half true. In this verse, the writer does not tell us to not let, is telling us to not let our emotions control us. What is the inverse of that? And what is what is the theme throughout the entire Bible? Self-control. James, throughout the entire book of James, he not not the entire book, but he talks a lot about controlling your tongue, bridling your t- tongue. He's not saying when when he says that, he is not saying do not use your tongue ever because it is crazy. No, he's saying control it. Use it correctly. And what it's saying is not not letting our emotions have full vent, not letting our emotions control us and take the steering wheel. Proverbs is full of verses like this. But I want to point out that the writer does not say we cannot use our emotions. It is not the Proverbs does not state it saying emotions are evil and they must be gotten rid of. It does not say throw out your emotions or suppress them because they are wrong. No, it does not make that point. Ecclesiastes 3.4 says, A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. If this isn't enough to persuade you, let me give you one more. Romans 12.15 says, Rejoice for those who rejoice, mourn, uh, sorry, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And now for, and let me first talk about this. What, it's, what these two verses and why I bring them up is saying that there is a time and place for emotions. Time and place for you to use your spirit. For you to use your emotions. See, in that context, spirit doesn't work, so I won't use it. <laughs> uh, using feelings or emotions does. But there is a time and place for you to use your emotions for the right reasons, and in the right setting. So at this point, our comment section has most likely... Oh, sorry. One last verse. Sorry, I do have to give one last verse. Which is the reason... section. Yeah, yeah. Which is the reason for my entire talk. Literally, I was trying to think about things that I wanted to say and ways I could take this and go with it. And this verse came up, and I was like, Ooh, yes, I like this one. And and this is the reason for my entire talk, and I built everything else out around this. But this verse is 2 Timothy 1, 7. And it says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So at this point, our comment section has most likely calmed down, and I can go on (laughs) without feeling like there's death threats coming after me now uh but <laughs> let me now break down these There's verses a bomb in the uh, bookcase right behind you and if you <laughs> don't right <laughs> first of all how did you get in my house <laughs> uh, how did you get in our store <laughs> right <laughs> with that <laughs> well anybody's allowed in the target store so <laughs> yeah but um, no one not everybody's allowed in my house <laughs> <laughs> that's fair um, let me break down these verses and show you how this ties into my current events today for today. 
First of all, as I said before, Ecclesiastes 3, 3, 4 and Romans 12, 15 show that there is a time and place for our emotions. Throughout the Bible, we see words like self-control and being in control, right, when speaking about our feelings. However, modern Christians see that word and assume that God means to suppress emotion. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as if this were a fact. I am not saying that all modern Christians assume that God is saying suppress emotions. What I am, I am making a, I don't even know what you would call this argument, but I am making a, a straw man in a sense so I can knock it down. Sorry if someone realized that and is like, wait a second, now they're going to the comment section. <laughs> but that it's is making everybody mad today, Jake. Sheesh. Right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> this is not what the word control means. You do not have control over your car by never getting into it. If you if you had control over your vehicle on the highway, you would not take your hands off of the steering wheel and exit the car. <laughs> the car would be out of control and swerving down the highway if you did that. <laughs> so, how That's do a you control a car? Yeah. Wow. Oh, thank you. That's good. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to make sense. Yeah, that's great. But um, the, how do you control the car? You control the car by grabbing onto the steering wheel and driving it where it needs to go. No, we are to, to use our emotions, but in a controlled and meaningful way. And this leads me to the last verse, 2 Timothy 1.7. God gave us feelings for a reason. God gave us emotions for a reason. But specifically, we are to use them, as the verse says, in a powerful way. And there's the reason. Yeah. The LGBTQ community does something that Christians should pay attention to. Now, I am not in any way saying that the LGBTQ activists are using their emotions rightly and that the Christians should follow them or emulate them. Right. But what I do want to point out is that they at least acknowledge that it is another tool in our toolbox. Hmm. God gave us emotions for a reason, and one of those reasons is for power is to use them powerfully. So with that, go out and have a fighting spirit. Woo. Dang. Dude, that was... Man, I wish I could just leave it there. I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I, I shouldn't even continue. Sheesh. That was, that was pretty incredible. Um, well, uh, in, the, in the spirit <clears throat> of that fighting spirit... <clears throat> That was our rough transition. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe I just said that. Um, <laughs> we are. <laughs> You're right. Getting lost on your transition game there. Full of unintentional puns today. Um, <laughs> given what uh, this month is, you probably, let's be honest, saw this coming. My theological wrap up today is on being proud in the Lord. So it's on pride. Hopefully not in the way that you might think. Um, I mean, given everything the wicked are celebrating this month and the conversation about emotions we just had, I thought that now might be maybe the best time or a time 
to have that obligatory anti-pride conversation that we're probably going to have every year until we finally crush this demonic evil in our country that is Pride Month. And to be honest, you probably saw this coming. Um, but my plan is to take a slightly different approach than you might first assume. Initially, I want to talk about how not to be proud. And then I want to talk about what to be proud of. So how not to be proud, and then what we should be proud of. <clears throat> so first off, pride in ourselves is both wicked and dangerous. Pride in ourselves is both wicked and dangerous. First Samuel 2.3 says, Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. First Peter 5.5 5 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Job 40 verse 12 says, Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low, and tread down the wicked where they stand. Proverbs uh, 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, which is probably the most popular and commonly used verse in this context. Pride clearly is shown in scripture as something to be opposed, something we should be opposed to, something to avoid, and something we all know as sin. We all recognize that in our own lives, hopefully. I mean, man having pride in himself, in his own ideas, in his own wants and desires will lead to his own destruction. That's how the world works. That's how God created the world. That's how he upholds the world. That's a fact of life. Man having pride in himself, his own ideas, his own wants and desires will lead to his destruction. The pre-world flood, literally the entire world, uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, Rome, Greece, and so many others found this out the hard way. And soon, if things don't change, America will soon be added to the list, which is really unfortunate for a country that was started mm. so strongly, founded so strongly on the word of God to end up like all the rest mm. of them. Yeah, it, it's, it's so true that when something that founded in God's word, the devil hates it, mm -hmm. hates it even yeah. more so. Than yep. anything that was that was started before, yeah. And his most common tool, once he goes after the family, he goes after it in a specific way, through pride. And that's what we see today. So, what's interesting though is that the Bible doesn't just stop there. Um, we're told in Ephesians four verses twenty one through twenty four that we're supposed to put to death sin and put on righteousness. And our show is all about that. We dissent against the world by asserting a biblical worldview. So we take off and we replenish, we replace. We can't just leave an empty vacuum. We throw off pride. We understand that's a sin. We look to put that to death, but we put on something else in place of it. We can't just leave that empty hole in our lives and just say, just avoid this, avoid this, avoid this without saying, well, what should I go to? Flee this run to this. That's how the Bible always teaches us about sin. Run from this. This is what it looks like. If you see it, run in the other direction, but you're running to something. So what are we running to? And that's where I want to talk about what we should be proud of. And this is the really encouraging part of the, of the episode in case you weren't sure. Um, yes, this episode hopefully will be encouraging. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> so we're called to put off pride 
and that a failure to do so will result in our fall. It's a fact of nature. It's a fact of the world God created. That's how it is. Um, And yet, Scripture tells us that pride in the Lord and in his works is, in fact, warranted. Pride in the Lord is warranted. Romans 15 Verses 16 through 17, or 15 through 17 says, But on some points I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Mm. Philippians 2. 14 through 16 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. First Corinthians 15, 31 says, I protest brothers by my pride in you which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die every day. Galatians six fourteen says, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 12, one through 10 is an entire passage packed full of elaborations on this very topic. Paul explains what is right to boast about and what is not. So I highly encourage you to read through that. Um, but brief synopsis of that passage, um, just to tide you over until you read it, (laughs) is that we're told that if we're going to boast about anything, we should boast that our great God took us and all the deliberate, uh, deliberate, I'm sorry, debilitating weaknesses, all of the debilitating weaknesses that we have, the weakness of our flesh and still performed marvelous works with all of those things, with all of that weakness. And that's what Paul tells us to boast in. God took our weakness, boast in our weakness. We are ridiculously weak, but God miraculously was still able to take that and work marvelous works for his kingdom, even though we're we're working in opposition with our own weak flesh. (laughs) We should constantly boast about the goodness and greatness of our God and King. We should be shouting his mighty works from the housetops. The book of Psalms tells us to do this in almost every single psalm. If you've read through the book of Psalms, which is what I'm doing right now, um, you'll notice that in every single psalm, there's a call to sing the praises of God. Almost every psalm has that. It's it's kind of incredible. You you start to gloss over it because you've read it like 150 times in 150 different ways. It's crazy. But here's one of my favorites. Psalm chapter 9, verses 7 through 10 says, But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. This is how we should boast. This is what we should be proud of. We do the opposite of those around us who, though they know God, do not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They are being judged for not shouting the obvious and mighty works of God. Don't be like them. Thank him. Show your thankfulness. Remember 
the book of Romans, Romans 1. Why were they being judged? What I just quoted, they were being judged because they didn't thank God for his mighty works. They didn't acknowledge the incredible things that he did. They Mm -hmm. didn't acknowledge him as God. So don't do that. That's why we're celebrating life month this month. It's the exact opposite. That's, that's why it's in so many ways, it's the perfect thing to do because it is the exact opposite. Romans one, we see the curse. We see homosexuality. We see all of those curses. That's judgment. Those are things that lead to, um, uh, death for a culture, but we see now the opposite And God has given us the opportunity to celebrate the opposite. He's given us an opportunity to thank him. He's given us a way out to say, okay, you don't want to be like them. You don't want to end up like them. Well, look, I just gave you a miracle. Are you going to thank me for it? And the answer is yes, we will. Because it's incredible what he did. So with that, I'll leave that there. How uh, how was that, Jake? Did I kind of get on par with with yours? (laughs) No, it was good. That's good. Okay, great. Definitely good. I think <laughs> good. we both uh, we both had things where we started out like it would be something that most uh, evangelical Christians would be like, "What? What are you saying?" <laughs> like you're saying you're, and you started out differently than I did. At least you you came in saying that we shouldn't. Here are the things we shouldn't be proud about, or shouldn't be proud in. Uh, and then talking about what we should be a proud in. Whereas I just started out, we should be proud, or at least we should use our emotions. <laughs> right, right, right. And I was yeah, like, exactly. but, but hold on. <laughs> Not too much. And then you qualified. So yeah, yeah. That was great. Sweet. Well, Jake, thanks as always for the awesome research, for the theological warm-ups. They're, they're getting, they're, they're, they're great warm-ups. They're tremendous. Um, if you all enjoyed those, uh, leave us a comment. We've been getting a lot of comments and emails recently, which has just been tremendous. Keep them coming. We appreciate all of those. Um, you can send your emails to trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Check out our show website, which is trdshow.net. That's the Reformed Dissenters, show.net, trdshow.net. Uh, you can check out all our episodes for free, trdshow.net slash episodes. We'd love for you to do that. Um, and it's the easiest way, really, to get access to our content. And, uh, yeah, we will see you on Wednesday when we break down the next three chapters in the book, The Magician's Nephew. We are super excited about that. The week after Uh that, we're going to have to do four chapters just to make sure that everything syncs up and we can wrap up this book by the end of the month. (laughs) So, um, but it's good. It's, we're, we're almost through. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, so thank you all so, so much for watching or listening. We're looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And, uh, remember everyone in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.